Welcome back for another episode of Porn Brain Reboot. I'm Dr. Trish Lee. Uh, Welcome. On this podcast, we are going to focus on how to motivate you and inspire you, but especially equip you with the tools that you need so that you can leave pornography behind once and for all. That is why I'm here. So on today's episode, it's totally awesome. What we are going to talk about is how to have awesome sex by being a healthy sex partner, finding a healthy sex partner, and keeping a healthy sex partner. So we are going to talk about be, find, and keep a healthy sex partner. And I've made shorter videos um, of this content, similar content, not the exact same, on my YouTube channel, Porn Brain Reboot, Dr. Trish Lee, if you want to go over there and check out some other fundamental concepts that have to do with finding a partner so you can have healthy, real sex, so you don't have to keep going back to pornography to seemingly take care of your sexual desires and needs, which really is for mood regulation. So if you are going to leave porn behind, there's two fundamental things that you must be able to do. Number one, you must be able to find a healthy way to regulate your mood, to be able to deal with uncomfortable feelings. And that is mandatory. And we talk about that in other episodes, and we will continue to talk about that. The second thing that you must do is establish healthy sexuality, not hypersexuality. And we also know from the science, which I have an upcoming podcast episode on this topic, we know from the science how badly pornography distorts sex for people. And a new study that came out fairly recently talked about how people are learning about sex, young people are learning about sex from pornography, and it outlines the type of acts that are mostly done. Uh, More than 97% of those acts are violent and against women, and that is not what women like in reality, back in the real world where you should be having sex, not watching violent acts in pornography. We will cross that bridge when we get there. Right now, what we're going to talk about are the elements of a healthy sex partner, whether that be for you or for another person. And hopefully it's for both people because that is how you get a healthy relationship. For you to have a healthy relationship, you need to have two healthy partners. Let me repeat that. If you're going to have a healthy sexual relationship, you need two healthy partners. And I'm sorry to tell you that if you keep going back to pornography, you, my friend, are not a healthy partner. And unfortunately, if you're not a healthy partner, guess what happens? Like attracts like. You will attract an unhealthy sexual partner or a life partner. So we want you to become the healthiest version for yourself, but in turn, it will make you a healthier version of yourself. It will help you attract toward you a healthy sexual partner if you don't have one. And yes, this podcast is for people who don't have partners yet. It is about attracting an amazing partner to you. But if you do have a partner, when you take the opportunity to become healthier, you give your partner the opportunity to grow with you and your partner becomes a healthier version of her or himself, which means your unhealthy partnership becomes a healthy one and you ride off into the sunset. What a beautiful thing. Okay. So we know we need to have two healthy partners for a healthy partnership. And we know that 
that is going to ebb and flow over time. But if you're always growing towards being a healthier version of yourself, you will always be evolving. And that is the beautiful thing. Before we dig into the elements, I do want to tell you that I'm acutely aware that there's about 1% of the population that is actually healthy. Digest that for a minute. And I'm going to break it down. What I mean by that is that we all come from families with family dysfunction. It's just a matter of the flavor and the magnitude. And we know that. And we're going to dig into that in other episodes. And I talk about that a lot on YouTube. So we all come from families with family dysfunction, which means we all have some work to do in terms of this becoming a healthier sexual partner. We have dysfunction that becomes the lens of how we view the world, but also becomes the lens of how we view sexuality. And most people growing up have a lens of shame around sexuality. And believe me, I know it's not easy to have teenagers that are becoming sexual and making that okay without endorsing it at the age of 16. So I get how many parents just default to shame on accident, even if they're trying to be sensitive because they don't want to encourage it too early anyways. So we're looking at this frame of healthy person on a continuum from zero to 10. And so our first action step in today's podcast, because I always like to take concepts and make them into action steps for you is, you know, as I'm discussing these elements of a healthy partner, think about yourself first and think about where you are on that continuum from zero to 10. Zero meaning you are very unhealthy and you do not characterize any of the elements that I'm going to talk about. 10 being you're doing great and actually 10 is a unicorn, you know, probably doesn't exist in nature, but you might be seven, eight, where you've been working on yourself for a long time. You're developing emotional maturity. You can approach sexuality in a really healthy way in terms of what you desire and what you need. So think about that. But I also want to share with you that we are looking at sexuality from the frame of hypersexuality. So if you are a person who continually goes back to pornography, pornography consumption is the number one way that hypersexual behavior disorder manifests itself, which means likely your nervous system is already ramped up in terms of looking for sex in too high of a mode in general, hypersexuality. So we also have to look at it from that framework because people who develop hypersexuality, they do it as a coping mechanism for the family dysfunction. I hope you're following me. I know there's a lot of ins and outs. Uh, so, okay. So let's move forward in talking about what some of these elements are that we want to think about. The number one thing that we want to think about in terms of, are you a healthy sexual partner is emotional maturity. And that's a big concept that we could spend days on in and of itself, but emotional maturity is how much can you handle uncomfortable feelings? How much can you share what's in your mind and in your heart, your thoughts and your feelings? How much can you handle conflict? How much can you handle disappointment? How self-assured, how self-aware, how secure are you? And we're going to break down some of those components, but You'll notice that in today's episode, we're really not going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about the emotional aspect of being and the cognitive aspect of being an, a healthy sexual partner, which will lead you to have awesome sex. But next time, we're going to talk about the difference between real sex and porn sex, because 
when it comes to actual sexuality, you need to know how to incorporate the real pieces and leave the fake porn pieces behind. So we will get to that. Right now we're talking about emotional maturity. That's the primary thing that we are focusing on. You have to grow yourself up in terms of how you communicate and how you interact with the world and become savvy at it, become calm and relaxed. And that's why I'm here because being able to do that requires your brain to be in that middle zone of calm focus. When you're calm and focused and somebody tells you something that you don't like, or you're not a fan of, or it's out and out just against you, that's okay. You can handle it because your brain is calm and focused. It's in the middle. You're self-assured. Your self-worth is high. You aren't looking for external validation. You don't need to control things in your surroundings. That's what emotional maturity is. And we'll break these concepts down. Okay. So when you are emotionally mature, then you can do the things that we're about to talk about. Okay. So number two is being self-assured and having high self-awareness and self-worth. Now, self-worth swings between two extremes also. And those extremes are either narcissism or being very egoic, being in the ego, being very self-centered, thinking that you are the sun and everything else revolves around you. That's on one side of the pendulum as it swings. On the other side is self-loathing and very low self-esteem and low self-worth. And typically when people get hooked into a pornography habit, they exist on that low end, low self-esteem, low worth, worth, low self-worth, self-loathing, self-sabotaging, not reaching your full potential. So that's where most people exist. That has to improve. You have to have internal validation and that comes by your next action step. That is developed by knowing who you are and what you want, what you stand for, what your values are, and then taking actions toward those things. And that's where moral incongruence comes in when it comes to pornography consumption, because many people, most people think of themselves as a spiritual person who are family people or committed to their relationships. And then consuming porn is the exact opposite action step as to the value that they put on themselves, which creates a great deal of shame for people. So Clearly, the way out is to stop consuming porn, make the plan of the person you are and the person that you want to become by setting goals. And when you set those goals, you become internally validated. You don't need other people to tell you what you have going on is a good idea. And I just made a video on the five regrets of the dying, which is based on a book by Bonnie Ware. Um, I talked about it, of course, in terms of if you spend your time and your energy and your money on pornography consumption, that you are more likely to regret those choices at the end of your journey when it is time for you to pass. And, you know, some of the greatest regrets that people have are not the number one regret is that not living a life that is true to oneself. And, and what people said that was she, Bonnie Ware was a hospice nurse and she helped people at the end of their lives. So she 
uh, studied it. And the number one regret was not living a life that was true to myself and doing what other people expected of me. And I've been acutely aware of this for a long time. And even though I've had to go against the crowd, I've made those choices that other people didn't agree with because the thing that they wanted me to do didn't feel right to me. And, you know, some of the times I got pretty far along before I could make that decision. Um, One example would be, you know, my, my father in particular, whom I adore, but my parents, you know, hold medical doctors in high esteem. And even though I have two master's degrees, two PhDs, I have a bachelor's degree, I have all these high level certifications, and I'm not tooting my own horn. The reason I'm telling you that is because I still felt compelled to go to medical school. So even though I had all those degrees, and I had to go back and take the prerequisites, I did it. And I got accepted into medical school. And the minute I got accepted into medical school, I'm like, what am I doing? Those are the expectations of my dad and my mom and my dad in particular, who just always wanted me to be a medical doctor. He actually made a comment not too long ago about like, you know, maybe it's not too late. I'm like, dude, I have five and a half kids. I have six kids with my stepson. I'm I've got multiple businesses. This girl cannot go, nor do I want to. It's not even a matter. I could, if I wanted to, honestly, but um, I don't even want to, because I know what I want and I'm here doing it. And which is the exciting part. That is what I want for you, regardless of what your parents want you to do. And I know it takes strength to go. I know this is what you expect of me, but this is not what feels good to me. And I'm going to do this instead. That might include not doing the job that's expected of you. That might include not being in relationships that are expected of you. There's tough decisions, but I'm here to tell you when you make the decision for your true self, you'll never have the regret. You'll have to muster up the courage to make that decision and to move through it, but you will be psyched that you did. It makes you stronger. So going back to the point is that you're self-assured and your self-worth comes from internal validation by having positive things going on that matter to you. And that's why I always talk about getting on purpose in your work, your relationships, and your hobbies. Those are the things that matter to you. So think about them. Think about them right now. What work do you want to do more than anything? If you had $5 million in the bank, what would you spend your time doing? Guess what? If I had $5 million in the bank, I'd be sitting here making these podcasts because this is what I love to do. And I want people to leave pornography behind. It's the biggest impact I can make in the world by what I know about brains, about human nature, about interaction. This is where I would be right here. So that I know that, and that makes me feel great because that makes me internally validated. And it doesn't matter what someone says about my work, Um, where I had an experience the other day where there was a lot of nervous laughter by someone who found out that this is what I am working on because I've only been working on this for a few years. I've been a neuroscientist for a long time, but I've transitioned into helping people with pornography in the last couple of years. And this person didn't know that. Um, And lots of nervous laughter. Obviously there's porn consumption somewhere there in the mix, which led to the nervous laughter, but I didn't have nervous laughter. I clearly said, you know, Uh, This is the worst brain thing that is upon us and porn's proven to damage your brain and make it so you can't think and that you can't enjoy real sex. And I think that's devastating for humanity. So here I am. And I looked him right in the eyes and more nervous laughter because, you know, that couldn't be received well, but I'm internally validated. I don't need him to go, wow, you're awesome. What a noble mission. 
even when the nervous laughter that was uncomfortable for him and definitely uncomfortable for me, I walked away feeling great because I'm like, you know what? I'm on purpose, man. It literally doesn't matter what you think about it. And that is a good feeling that gives you the self-worth that you want. It makes you self-assured. Now, guess what? The reason we're talking about that in terms of partnerships, when you're confident and you're self-assured and you know your worth and you're validating yourself from the inside you will attract someone who's doing the exact same thing. So guess what kind of partner you get? You get a confident one. You get one that's not doused in ego. You get one that is in their spirit. And when people are in their spirit, they're inspired. They're inspired to get up and do their thing. They're jazzed up about their day. That's the kind of partner that you want. That leads to a fun relationship. And I get comments comments on YouTube all the time. I just read one earlier that the relationship you talk about would be a miracle for me. Well, I am here to tell you, my friend, miracles exist and they're actually easier than you think. When you work on yourself and you grow yourself to a confident, self-assured, but humble, it does. It requires humility. When you're on purpose, you're not uh, you know, tooting your own horn. You're not an ego. You're humble and you have humility and you're here to be part of the world and the community of the world and to add your gift to it. That's the beautiful thing. When you add your gift, then the miracle comes to you and you find someone who's in this world to add their gift to it and to have some fun while they're doing it. And the relationship that I talk about, it's not a miracle. And you know how I know? Because I've been in relationships that are the polar opposite. And When I didn't think I deserved the relationship that I have now, I got the relationship that I thought I deserved. You literally get the partner you think you deserve. And I am here to tell you, you deserve the highest level partner. And if you know it and you're validating yourself from the inside, you don't need a person to validate you, which means you get a person who is confident and and together you become two confident people who are ready to rock out their best life. Okay. I beat that, beat that one to death, but that's okay. Cause it's super important. So that's the most important thing you can do. If you don't remember one other thing about this podcast, please remember that because when you, when you take the action step to get on purpose in your life, internal validation comes and you become the person who looks for positive feedback in your life. And that's how you break the negative feedback loop that you're in. You go to porn to fill the void of the relationship or the community or the purpose that you don't have. You're filling a void with porn very poorly and it's damaging you and it's wounding you in the in the process, but that's what it's about. So when you fill that void in a healthy way with your work relationships and hobbies, there's no more void. There's nothing to fill. Okay, so let's uh, let's move on. So, talking about becoming a healthy partner to have a healthy partner. Now, let's talk to people who are in a partnership for a minute. Is that, and this applies when you meet a new person too. We're going to talk about control. Control. So, I didn't really mention this on YouTube, but I wanted to because we live in the day and age where now with GPS and with um, location services, everybody knows where everybody is all the time, Uh, except for me. I have absolutely no idea where my husband is right now. And that's exactly how I want it. And he doesn't know where I am, nor does he know what I'm doing because he doesn't need to until we hang out on the porch tonight and we tell each other about our days. I don't need to be able to look at 
on my phone where he traipsed around town today. That's not good for him and it's not good for me. And I'm here to tell you, if you have location services on in your relationship, turn them off. And it will be difficult to, if you are in a hypersexual mode, it'll be very difficult for your partner because it creates anxious and avoidant attachment styles. And this control piece goes into the next thing I want to talk about, attachment. So when you're a healthy partner, you have secure attachment. And likely you don't have that from childhood because not many kids grow up with secure attachment. And I'm not going to go into it a lot in this podcast, but you should look that up if you're interested on Google. Um, There's usually it's a square with four main types of attachment styles. And what happens in hypersexuality for the most part is that there's anxious avoidant attachment styles. And many times we learned one or both of those from childhood. And what that means is many times a hypersexual partner will become the avoidant one, compartmentalizing life and avoiding your partner. That's you. We're going to, we're going to assume you're listening to this podcast, you know, for that reason. And that is you. So when you have an avoidance style and you're not sharing everything, and that's actually another point about being open and honest, is that when you're not sharing and you're compartmentalizing your life, then what happens is that makes your partner really anxious because your partner knows something's going on in terms of hypersexuality, porn use, sexting, affairs, anything like that, any sexual acting out behavior. So it makes your partner anxious. They don't want to be anxious. So what that makes them do is try to exercise some control over a situation that they don't have control over. And honestly, codependency usually is in the mix. And that means that partners have kind of lost their boundaries and their lines on where one of them starts and the other ends or where they end and the other one starts. And when when relationships are so entangled and enmeshed, it becomes difficult to set boundaries like turning off your location services. But I'm here to tell you boundaries on what you like and what you do and what your partner likes and what your partner does. Those boundaries should be set because I'm telling you, if it hasn't created problems for you yet, if you're in a partnership and you you are you know entangled in these boundaries, problems are yet to come. It doesn't mean you can't share in each other's uh, you know what's going on. Like I said, you know the hubs and I will catch up, and we probably know more about each other than most people do uh, because we share a lot with each other and we have a lot of co-parenting and co-businessing and things like that. But we do have healthy boundaries too. At least we're trying and we're we're working on them um, and trying to be less anxious about that and trying to be less avoidant. It's a process. Zero to 10, right? Uh, like I said, I'm not up at 10. I'm probably in the seven to eight range. Um, but thankfully, I'm no longer down at the one range in terms of emotional maturity and being able to handle that. So it goes back to control. You can control you. You can't control your partner, but you can make decisions and action, take actions and have thoughts and share your feelings so that your partner feels better about being in a relationship with you. And that will be the nice segue to being open and honest and stop compartmentalizing things. So if you don't want to share about things that have happened to you or with you in the past, start sharing about what's going on with you in the present because it will crack open a healthy relationship for you. And especially when it comes to sexual acting out, leave it behind 
get a clean slate, and then start communicating openly and honestly. Communication is a fundamental we're talking about, about what your sexual desires are, what arousal template you have and you'd like to see in your sexual relationship. It shouldn't be boring. It should be fun and engaging. Um, Another thing, which I will be talking about in the future that happens in unhealthy relationships and with unhealthy partners because of this avoidant, anxious attachment is that when there's one hypersexual partner in the partnership, the other person tends to swing in the total opposite direction to hyposexuality because they know something's up and their sex life gets weird and not enjoyable. And I'll talk about that in a second. So then what happens is it makes your partner not want to have sex with you. Then you're asking your partner for sex, your partner's denying you, dynamics are all thrown off and nobody understands that at the core of it is pornography use or hypersexual thoughts, checking people out or, you know, hypersexual behavior. So um, that is, you know, and then it leads to control. All of these things are wrapped up into one. So open Being open and honest is the next fundamental that can be really important so that you now can grow some secure attachment between you and your partner. Okay, so um, the thing I was going to say is that in terms of what you desire and what you are looking for in terms of your arousal template, that might be muddied because of pornography use, because we know when you go to the screen that you're being quote unquote taught about sex by going to the screen and you're being taught poorly. It's a very poor teacher. And we know that from science because not only is your teacher teaching you the wrong stuff, uh, it is melting your brain while it does it. So we know that most of the acts in pornography scenes are do have violence um, against women. And we know the response from the woman in those scenes is a neutral or a positive one. And we know what that does to brains is it makes your brain think women like that. I'm here to tell you science shows they do not like that. And you need to keep anything like that out of real sex in the bedroom with your partner. And if you want to know what to keep in, ask your partner. Likely she or he may not know, and you'll have to discover what you really like and enjoy and what is pleasurable, what leads to happiness, what leads to intimacy or connection, and you can discover it together. And the beautiful thing is that you can pave the way um, forward by communicating about it. Um, Okay, so leading us to present, being present and being mindful. Now, one awesome technique that you can use to become a better sex partner, a healthy partner in general, is to build in some routines to clear the chitter chatter out of your brain. Um, When you are calmer and you feel more focused and relaxed, you can be present and you can be mindful and you can enjoy the thing that you're doing in the moment whether that be cooking dinner, whether that be skateboarding, whether that be having sex with your partner. If your brain is all jammed up in hyper aroused mode, and it's just looking for a dopamine hit to shift it into down, shift it into hypo arousal, then you're not even present. You're just looking for the hit. And you likely might need to go to fantasy, which is dissociation. And you're off into fantasy land, trying to get that hit, not being present. So make time to be with your partner, take time to explore the idea of sex together and let your brain be present. So let it be present in your day. 
the the action step I was going to say is build a morning routine. And this is a beautiful uh, routine. It's amazing. I do it every day, no matter what's going on. I get up, I listen to the birds. Uh, Thankfully, I live in North Carolina where the weather is just about amazing all the time. So I can sit outside. I can, I did it today. I was out there for like a half hour. Most times I read today, it was so beautiful. I just sat there and did nothing and watched some geese fly by, um, probably flying north again or getting ready to, and just listening to the sounds, feeling the wind, amazing, and just being present and being very mindful of the peace and the joy that I was able to experience by myself while my while my my troops were still sleeping, if you know what I mean. Um, so present and mindful establish it every single day for a few minutes in the morning. And then especially when you're going to be with your partner, stay present, get present, bring yourself back. If you need to Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde it in the short run, you might go off to fantasy, but then bring yourself back. And if you start to go away, bring yourself back because before you know it, you'll be back more than you're away. So do that. That's a good tip to stay present in general. And when you're with your partner, that's how you are a healthy partner, not going to fantasy and trying to include those acts in a real sexual experience with your partner who we know won't enjoy those acts because those are not real acts. Um, Okay. So we're going to wrap up in a minute, but let me tell you the last piece that we're going to talk about here today is empathy, empathy. We know empathy goes very low in people who get sucked into pornography. Um, And Reason being is because when you go back into the screen, it desensitizes your ability to have joy in the real world. And I talk about that in a lot of videos, but the reality is when you go into the screen, your brain is getting this flood of neurochemicals that makes you think that's the only place your brain can feel like that. So thus there's no joy in the real world because your brain has been desensitized. What it also does is it makes it so that you no longer understand other people's feelings and points of view. And so then this is a thing that uh, partners especially can learn to believe behaviors, see if you are able to understand what's going on with them and to be able to look at it from their perspective and to be able to help them through whatever's going on with them. And when you build empathy for each other, then you're no longer annoyed with each other all the time. And that's the beauty of it. So, um, you know, when you're, when you are sitting with your partner and your partner has a problem, or if your partner doesn't want one of the sex acts in your, in your sexual relationship, Having empathy to understand why and being able to communicate about what you're going to do about it. And you know how I feel. If it is a healthy behavior, let's find a way to integrate it. If it's not a healthy behavior, you have to let your brain unwire that pattern. But being able to empathize with your partner and what she or he is saying and what they feel and what they think without telling them what they should do or correcting them or interjecting your thought, your empathy will build as you leave the screen behind and you'll find it. You'll feel more relaxed. You'll feel calmer. You'll feel more joyful. You'll feel more present. You'll understand what's going on with yourself more, self-awareness, self-assuredness, which will lead you to be able to understand what's going on with other people more. And this will decrease your social anxiety. If you're listening and you don't have a partner and you want to find a healthy one, Leaving porn behind is vital to being able to do that because social anxiety comes from 
these feelings that you get because your brain keeps going back for more. And then thus, when you're in a situation, when you go to talk to someone, not only do you not have the confidence because you have guilt and shame, you don't have the confidence, but you also don't have the skills to be able to approach someone. And yes, ask her. Somebody wrote, uh, I thought the first step was going to be ask her. Of course, you have to ask her. But just think about this logically. If you're the confident guy who is doing a lot of really cool stuff and Cool stuff to you, not to the world, but something you really enjoy and you're on purpose and you can look someone in the eyes and tell them that with integ- integrity and dignity and hold your head high and feel really confident about it. And you look that person right in the eye, that person can receive it because they know that you're on and you're the confident person and you know what you're doing and you have your stuff together and it will be portrayed. It literally comes off of you an electromagnetic field off your brain and your body. And it changes your energy field and your energy field goes from negative to positive. And that can be felt by other people. That's how you attract a healthy partner. You clean up your electromagnetic field from the inside out and it resonates out and it will draw a partner to you. I saw another comment on my YouTube channel by someone saying, I'm not sure why the things that you say are working, Dr. Trish, but thank you because I just found someone and we're having a great time. When you do find that partner, we're going to talk about this in the upcoming weeks, approach slowly, take the slow boat to China, approach by connection and intimacy, which means you're not jumping into bed right away. You're not taking the relationship and going from zero to sexual. That's what a hypersexual person would do. You are not going to do that. You're going to let this relationship develop over time through intimacy and friendship and connection, and then go there slowly, allowing your brain to go through the three phases of relationship development, going from lust, going to coupling, and then going to where you actually can build the foundation for a relationship that can make it through hardships. If that's what you want, you have to be able to go from just the sex piece, the honeymoon phase, then being able to go to a phase where you're, you know, you commit to each other and you're beginning to couple. And then when you go through, you know, something terrible happened and you both have the emotional maturity to approach it together without ripping each other's heads off. And you are able to move towards resolution and solution instead of, you know, going towards attack or going towards being defensive and those types of things. Okay. So I hope that helps you out. These are the main elements for you to become a healthy partner. Look for these elements so that you can find a healthy partner. The healthier the partner that you find, the more it's going to help you continue to be healthy. And then when you find that person, and if you want to keep them, if it's a healthy person, you are going to have to always keep moving from that zero to 10. If you're at four and your partner's at four, together you can get to five, you can get to six, You can grow together across your lifetime. That's how relationships are fun. There shouldn't be secrets in a relationship. And I know a lot of people don't think that that can be true. That can be true. If you should be able to tell your partner something and they should be able to handle it, they're emotionally mature. People should not have to bounce just because something gets a little tricky. We are stronger than that. We can handle things when we grow ourselves up. And then you can have a fun relationship. Um, Okay. I hope that helps you out and uh, jump on over to my website at drtrishley.com. I'm having that website um, 
you know, kind of restructured and it's going to be beautiful. I'm very excited about that. And then over at pornbrainreboot.org, some updates. I've got uh, the nonprofit still in the works. It's a talk about a slow boat to China, right? Uh, it's on its way to being developed. So that's pretty cool, but um, still moving in the right direction. I will tell you, I'm creating a small program in honor of September is Healthy Sexuality Month in the United States. And I'm creating a small program that it's going to be awesome. It's small, but filled with the information on what you need to have great sex and a relationship too. So that'll be $19. And I'm hoping to raise some money so that I can get this nonprofit off the ground and we can change the world together one brain at a time. Uh, So look for that because I'd love for you to be able to support the cause and be part of it with me. And of course, all the proceeds from that go right back into being able to create content and programs to help people leave pornography behind so they can reach their full potential. Um, Okay, so go check all that out. And until next time, control your brain or it'll control you.